It was 1987. I was six years old. The Los Angeles Lakers won the NBA title. Ronald Reagan delivered his famous speech at the Berlin Wall. The first episode of The Simpsons aired, and another major event occurred. Kevin Vandershan makes the life-changing decision to begin working at Equity Title, a company he still calls home after 30 consecutive years, and that, my friends, is what I call real love. Welcome Kevin Vandershan, Vice President at Equity Title here in Los Angeles. How are you, Kevin? I'm good, thank you. Nice to see you. Great seeing you as always, man. Great to have you on, and... um, you know, I, I also think that it's crazy because I, I think you've also been married for about 30 years. Uh, technically 33 in May. What is it with you and this loyalty thing? You know what? Um, I'm a loyal guy, whether it be with work or my marriage. Um, you know, you make a commitment, you hopefully stick with it. And uh, I've had the opportunity over the years to uh, make a change or two with title company. But I love the people I work with. I feel an obligation to them. And most importantly, to uh, my lovely wife and my family. So you were you were easy. the consummate professional. You were somebody who you know. I, I know a lot of people in the title business and the real estate industry obviously look up to. So, it's very refreshing to see, and and I believe in loyalty as well. And I, and I love seeing you just continue to charge on. Um, and so you know, t- tell us a little bit about you, Kevin. Where in LA do you live? What and, and what about that area do you love the most? I, uh, first off, I'm a UCLA graduate, so if there are any Trojan fans out there, I don't know, I'm a Bruin, um, but I, uh, born and raised in Los Angeles, uh, live in Studio City, I've lived in Studio City exactly 30 years this, uh, October, um, I've been there, love it there, have four kids, uh, the, the parks are great, the schools, the, the restaurants, I love the fact that, uh, I can get to, uh, Beverly Hills off of Coldwater Canyon. It used to be 25 to 30 minutes, a little bit longer now because yeah. of ways, but um, it just, it's conveniently located, but you, you can't beat uh, Ventura Boulevard and, like I said, the schools and the parks, and it's a real community. Yeah, I've seen you, life. I've seen you with the family out over there a couple of times, parties, right? Parties, yeah, parties, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's the jam. And right. uh, Blue Jam Restaurant? Yeah, Blue Jam, and, and I guess, let me ask you, what is your favorite restaurant, would you say, in all of L.A.? In all of LA, uh, Mistral in Sherman Oaks. Oh, it used to, love. It, you know, Mistral and uh, Cafe Bizu. Yeah. Uh, but Mistral is probably the one. They got a great peppercorn steak. And such a good vibe there. Yeah. It's such a good vibe. I mean, it's such a throwback. You know, it, it's kind of like Dantana's ish over here, but on on that side of town. And I love it over there. It's actually my my wife's uh, parents, it was their favorite place that they used to go to, so right? my in-laws, yeah. It's funny to see Dantana because um, I'm supposed to be going there in a couple of weeks and I've never been. Chicken parm, oh, you've never been to Dantana's? Never been. Chicken parm all day long. Okay, my son with, Andrew will be all over that. Without a doubt, okay. without Good a doubt. You, I, I will not let you down on that one, Thank I promise. Um, and so I know you said that you went to UCLA, we, we, we talked a little bit about um, you know, basketball and those kinds of things. How, how do you spend your free time? Um, you know, I do play a lot of basketball. Uh, I played early this morning. I play two to three times a week. I, I do a yoga physique class uh, on Saturday mornings early. Um, I actually coach a youth basketball team right now. Uh, I was coaching kids before I had my kids. I did it for about 17, 18 years, whether it was Little League or uh, local park, uh, soccer, whatever. And I'm still committed to the park. They asked me to help out this year, and then they asked me a couple of weeks ago to pick up a team. I love being with kids, uh, so a lot of my time is really being 
with kids, my kids, or kids that I coach. Uh, I'm a family guy. It's funny you say basketball. We were talking a little bit about you know basketball in general before. Uh, obviously, when you start in the title game uh, in '87, the Lakers won the championship, so everyone right. in LA would, I'm sure, love that. But we also mentioned Ronald Reagan in that intro, right? And I think that one of the craziest stories that I can share, probably one of the craziest of my life, is that, so right here in Beverly Hills, there is a park, Roxbury Park. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm there, I'm probably 12 years old at the time, I'm shooting hoop. And uh, I'm I'm out there by myself with the exception of another elder gentleman with about three three guys in suits surrounding him. So I'm there, I'm shooting, and, and a ball kind of like comes my way, and this you know elder man kind of, I guess, missed the shot, and so he's asking for me to pass the ball back to him, which I do. Man with white hair, crystal blue eyes. And I give him back the ball, and he continues to shoot, and then I go up to the guys in the suits, and I say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to ask, but but who who is that? You know, I, I thought it looked a little weird that these three guys in suits are, you know, just surrounding him. And it happened to be Secret Service, and he turns to me and says, well, that's the former president, Ronald Reagan. And I just, I, that, that was like, I don't know. I mean, it was very such cool, a, such cool. a cool, shocking, you know, you experience. I was about 12 or 13 yeah. at the time. You, you know? remembered it, obviously. I, yeah, and I'll never forget it, you know. It, it was a very, very neat experience. And, um, you know, I, again, kind of going back to the intro and, and all that, we talk about 1987. I mean, how did you get into the title game? Like, why did it happen? Uh, you know, I stumbled across it. I graduated from UCLA in 1982. I had a job working at B of A as a management training position. Interest rates at the time were 20, 21%. They had a hiring freeze. That's, <laughs> 20, 21%? Yes. Wow. Yeah, my first car payment was $202.63, and that was based on an $8,500 car, so the interest was outrageous. But the reason I say that is I... It was a hiring freeze, so I had to start the interview, interview process again. And I thought, you know what? What is the sales thing about? Because I was going to make, I think it was eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars, and I had a couple roommates that were electrical and civil engineers, and they were coming out of school making twenty-five and twenty-eight thousand dollars back in the day. I thought I'm as good as them. Yeah. And I went to the job center at UCLA, and everything I saw in that price range or beyond was in sales. Long story short, I went on to sell um, copy machines, Savin Corporation. I did that for about three and a half, four years. And ultimately, Equity Title was one of my clients. And I went to visit them in Santa Monica uh, because I had a meeting to try to get them to buy some bigger uh, and more expensive machines. And uh, sitting there meeting someone at the receptionist desk saying, you know, hey, if you're ever thinking about making a change, you ought to get into title insurance. I said, title? I thought he was just talking title. So um, I thought, and what are you doing at the reception desk and you're supposed to be a salesman? Right. So ultimately I, I talked to the person there and, and she told me a little bit about it and one thing led to another and a year later I was looking to make a change. So I called her up and said, I'm ready to make a change. And she put me in touch with some people, and I had, I don't know, three, four interviews. Um, I was offered a job. They liked my sales background selling copy machines, but they said I didn't have a title following. I said, what does that mean? Meaning that you don't know anyone in the real estate community. Right. Like yourself or, right. you know, so how are you going to generate business? Right. But they liked the fact that I used to knock on 30, 40, 50 doors a day, which is true. I could um, use you today for that, by the way. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> But I, I did it, West LA, Brentwood, uh, Malibu and Palisades. And you know, you were in and out, we were all guys 22 and 23 years of age. So they really liked that, they gave me an opportunity. Um, candidly, after about two, three weeks, I almost quit. Mm. 
I actually had one of the sales reps say, "Hey, man, you got to take off that wedding ring. You know that doesn't that that doesn't <laughs> bode well for some of the folks." And I just thought, I'm used to selling something tangible, yeah, like a copy machine, and now it was yourself and it was your company. And I called my wife and I said, "I don't think this is me." And she says, "I think you can do this, and you have to stick it out for at least a year." A year led to two years, that led to three, and now I've been with Equity, it'll be uh, 33 years this May, which is something I would never have imagined. So I stumbled across it, and I've got the greatest job in the world. I really uh, feel that way. I love hearing that, and I think that, you know, obviously the, the, the subject here is title, and I think that that's a question that, candidly, I don't feel like everyone really understands what yeah. it is. I mean, it's a loaded question, but would you just mind sharing what, 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 what is title? Sure. Um, Title insurance, at the end of the day, when you go to sell or refinance a property, you want to make sure that when you take title to the property, that you own it free and clear of all liens and judgments. An example is that it's happened, I had this happen in Brentwood probably 25, 30 years ago in the Afghan war. True story where someone uh, was in the war, he comes back, he goes to his home in, in Brentwood, it was really more West LA slash Brentwood, and all of a sudden the lock to his house and been changing his mood. He's like, what's going on? He's come back from the ward. He's like a, a captain or something, whatever it was. He knocks on the door and someone opens up the door and it's not his wife. And he says, uh, what are you doing here? And the gentleman at the door said, who are you? And he says, this is my house. And he said, no, I just bought this house like nine months ago, 10 months ago. Huh. And you can imagine, here you thought you owned the house, you're coming to your house. Come back from war. Come back from war, serving your yeah. country. Um, turned out that his wife um, had cheated on him. Oh, God. And forged a document, a deed. And he didn't know about it, of course. He found out everything very quickly, as you can imagine. So ultimately, he uh, got hold of an attorney very close friend of his, if I remember, was an attorney. They looked into it, they filed a claim against a title company. And that's why you get title insurance policy, because there was a forgery, and she forged his his signature. And there are two issues that title companies are very concerned about, are forgeries and mechanics liens issues. Mechanics liens are when there's work on a house and a contractor or sub doesn't get paid. But first and foremost, a forgery, uh, much like someone taking advantage of a little old lady or little old man type of thing. So title companies look at those things very closely. In this case here, title company missed it, but his recourse was to the title company who had to defend it. And he ultimately, there was a quiet title action and it was settled. But that's one of the reasons you get a title insurance policy. That's rare, rare and rare, but it can happen. And, and typically that's something that a title rep or a VP or somebody who is working closely with you can ultimately identify and pick that kind of stuff up in some way or other, point out any potential red flags yes. uh, you know, that they read within the title report and be able to point that out so that you don't go deep into a deal and obviously the, the consequences are, are, are pretty steep. So. You know, I, I know actually, you know, we, we've worked together on a couple of deals. Uh, you've definitely been a great resource for me with those. So uh, you actually helped answer another question that I had, which is, you know, what, what, what are the biggest, you know, potential pitfalls that you can run into if you don't really know somebody who is looking into this for you? So, and then I guess like with, with, with costs associated with this, I mean, what, what is a buyer or seller looking to pay potentially? Who pays for those costs? You know, it varies on the uh, 
whether it's a sale or refinance, the title fees have come down substantially in the last 10, 20 years by 25 or 30 percent, but on average, three, four thousand dollars, and that's based on the purchase price of a property. That's what it really comes down to. And as the price range goes up, the points in terms of uh, the fees come down accordingly. But on average, three, four thousand dollars. But you know, depending on whether you're buying a five hundred thousand dollar piece of property or two million or or something more. Um, and then there's a policy for the, you have a, an owner's policy, which is based on the purchase price, mm -hmm. let's say it's a million dollars. And then if you get a loan with Bank of America, uh, Wells Fargo, whoever it is, and the loan is 800,000, then you have to get a separate lender's policy and you pay on the behalf of the bank to make sure that their deed of trust is in first position. So those are the two main policies. And then of course, if you go to refinance, uh, there's a cost involved in that, but on average, you know, three, four thousand dollars. But it can certainly be less, but it can be more too, for sure. Got it. Got it. Uh, and, and you know, we kind of talked a little bit about you paying 21 percent interest at at a certain point in time yeah. uh, for for a car loan, I believe it yeah. was. Uh, you've obviously seen the market now for for a few decades, which is pretty crazy to think about. And and obviously you've seen the highs and the lows and everything in between. Where do you feel like we are right now in a market? Like, what what are you seeing the, the you know the next kind of like twelve to twenty four months? How do you see that playing out? Well, first off, you made me feel a little older. Decades, decades, <laughs> decades, uh, Kevin. decades. Yes, I, I you know first off, the market is always very cyclical. I learned that uh, the founding father of uh, equity title was a man by the name of Bob Neville, who uh, still uh, lives in town here. But he used to say seven years approximately, five to seven years that things would uh, evolve and change. So um, I've seen highs and lows. I've seen some markets, including what happened in you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, right. uh, where the market crashed. Um, so it is cyclical. Uh, the market has been fantastic the last four or five years. I think it's cooling down a little bit. But I will tell you, I think it's still going to, I know it's going to still be a very good year uh, this year and next. Um, I don't think we're going to hit anything like we did, you know, 10, 11 years ago. No way that's going to happen. Which I think is like the big fear right now. Yeah. I think that people are so, we're still so close to that time period that people like, they, they, it's fresh in their minds. Fresh in minds. And they just feel like, you know what, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm too afraid to go buy a house because what if that thing happens again? And, and my belief is, is that, you know, we are so, that, that will probably happen once in a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Uh, I agree. And, and obviously, full disclosure, I am not the, you know, I, I do not hold the crystal ball on anything, but nor, nor do you, but yeah. that's just my belief, right? And so I think that, that for us, uh, we're, I guess you would say, bullish on the Los Angeles market in general. We feel like over the long period of time, LA is going to continue to appreciate and it is a good, sound investment to make so long as you buy right. It is, and, and just to add to that, I, uh, I've got four kids and my oldest bought a home or condominium in San Francisco mm -hmm. two years ago. And being a dad and, and looking at real estate and knowing that real estate is a great investment, you know, always. I'm a big believer in that. Um, I was a little nervous about buying something up in San Francisco because San Francisco was on fire. Well, guess what? Two years later, it's still doing really well. Yeah. And his investment is made money yeah uh, and he'll probably be there for five six seven years before he starts a, you know a family mm -hmm. but it turns out that that investment in the long term is a great one but even if it was short term it's just fine but you know what um, uh, real estate is uh, is always going to be a sound investment 
uh, especially if you can hold it for any sort of period of time. And you know, you, you've been doing it for 33 years. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, have you ever looked back and said, if I could do this all over again and spend 33 years of my time, would you, would you have made the same decision in hindsight? I would have. I would have. I didn't know. Um, like I kind of alluded to earlier, I really thought that when I took this job, I might be doing it for a year, maybe two years, tops. I had no idea I'd be doing it for this long. Uh, it's a great job. I love it. Uh, you know, I'm very enthusiastic about it. Um, I'll probably do it another eight or ten years because there's so much to it. There's always a challenge, several challenges, as I said to you before I walked in. I had a couple I was dealing with, and there's always the pressure cooker. Uh, but that's a good thing because uh, that means the business is, is happening. That's right. And uh, I wouldn't change a thing. That's, Very fortunate. It's great to hear, man. Um, you know, obviously, technology has simplified most aspects of business. The real estate industry is just starting to see significant attention to automation within our industry. Yep. Right? And, and you see that in multiple uh, different areas across across the world. Do you see title humans such as yourself, I would say, being replaced with title bots? Never. Tell me um, why. I say that emphatically. I remember 20 years ago that that was coming up, that uh, the real estate community would shrink in size and escrow and title companies because it's a people business. And at the end of the day, you can go online and, and visit certain sites and, and things of that nature, but you have to have a real estate agent. You have to have an escrow company. You have to have a title company that, you know, to help facilitate, to clarify, streamline, make decisions, close escrows. That will never change. It was said 20 years ago, and nothing could be further from the truth um, because it's a people business. Some things that may, may be in terms of automation, but not this business. No way. Interesting. Uh, I, I believe it. I believe it. And, and obviously, coming from you, I believe that even more. Um, I guess knowing what you know now, what's the one thing you want to leave with the audience or something to consider before buying or during the selling process? Like, you know, what do you look for? How to save from potential problems down the road, like what we talked about uh, when they are looking to buy or sell? Well, two things, I think. Um, one, you need to have a, a really good agent. Uh, someone that you know and trust. There's a lot of really good agents out there, out there but there are some that aren't, clearly. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to have someone that's got knowledge and experience. And the reason I say that is someone like that will have a title escrow. They'll have their team, so to speak, um, that they're comfortable with, that they can trust. But at the end of the day, when you're getting into an escrow or prior to, um, an agent typically will will get some information leading to a decision that ultimately will be made leading into the you know signing for the NESCO. We'll generate what's called a preliminary title report, which is kind of a snapshot as to the status of the property now to make sure that there are some things on there that could cause some grief uh, prior to. I had one yesterday where a 98-year-old woman owns a property. She's got a, an attorney that's 84 years old, and they've got a, a power of attorney that they thought was legitimate. It wasn't, unfortunately, because while the power attorney was good, and unfortunately she's not of the sound mind anymore, the power attorney didn't have an original. Hmm. And because it doesn't have an original, they've got to do a conservatorship. They're trying to close this escrow in the next 10 days or so. So now it's become very problematic. So the way you avoid those things is you do your homework ahead of time. Uh, in terms of looking at the property uh, and trying to avoid those things. And, and the biggest thing is really communication uh, between escrow and title. 
and your real estate agent to avoid those pitfalls, those last minute things. So federal tax lien, it could come up last minute. Yeah, that, right? I, yeah, I've had to deal with that, you know, actually on a few different cases. I think you and I had one a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, we did, we did. And, oh. and that actually almost derailed the deal. And, you know, you actually stepped in, you helped provide sound information of how to get it done. You dealt directly with the client. I remember her. You, you said, yeah, so I, I, you know, I, I definitely know the value of you. And that's why I wanted to have you on is because I really feel like people don't understand the power and the, the amount of information that you can provide to the table, that an agent can bring to the table, that even a lender can bring to the table, right? And, and so uh, it's important to really surround yourself with the best resources. Um, and, and that's why I just love having you on here today. I, you know, you've given a lot of great information. If you want to leave one golden nugget uh, with the audience, and no pressure, but there's about 35, 40,000 40, people uh, that are probably listening to this right now. Yeah. What would you want to share with them? You know, I think that the biggest thing I, I, I mentioned very briefly is really in anything in life, work, personal, this communication, talking, um, getting as much information as possible. But, you know, that's the big thing. Uh, I don't think uh, that a lot of people speak as clearly or communicate as well as they should. But I think if you have that in anything in life, like I said, it could be work or personal, whatever it may be, it makes all the difference in the world. Um, I think it's as simple as that for me personally. Yeah, well, that's that's great advice. And when I think about the title business, obviously, you know, you're you're at the very top of the list. You know, probably another few really great resources that are out there, and I feel like everyone should have great resources. Mm -hmm. uh, never narrow down just to one. Um, I, I would say that if, if somebody needed to get a hold of you, uh, you have a contact information or you want to share the, the best way for people to, to, to get a hold of you? I do. Um, you know, I give people my cell phone number. Yeah. 310 uh, 463 0759. 310 463 0759. You can Google me, look me up. I'm there. Um, I'll be, probably be around another eight or ten years um, for sure. But. Uh, People can call me, they do, in the evenings and the weekends, so I'm always available. Promise you'll come back for your 40th year anniversary in the title business. Seven a, years? A, uh, yeah. That'll put us in 2026, I'm here. Yeah. As a guest on this I'm show, here. it would be our, our honor. Thank um, you. Kevin, thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure catching up, and I obviously look forward to working with you again on, on some deals in the near future. And um, yeah, so as always, guys, the Love is Real Estate podcast is shared as a part of our Into the Weekend newsletter, where we share upcoming events open houses, great restaurants like Mistral and some of the others Kevin pointed out in and around the LA area. If you're not subscribed, please go to reafshar.com and join our list. We welcome any feedback to help make this podcast more enjoyable. Please send any thoughts or comments directly to me and I will respond directly to you. My email is ari at reafshar.com. And as always, I thank you all for listening. Have a great weekend.